everybody. Welcome back. You've landed on the final episode of season two. Thank you so much for tuning in to our previous episodes. We had a lot of fun. We had a lot of guest audience members, and that's a really fun guest speaker. You got to interview people about different topics in their life. Other people have different perspectives than us, and that's been a pleasure. But this episode is all about you. So you guys asked us questions, and we are going to give you the answers to the stuff that you wanted to know. So I'm Dr. Tasani Watson. You should know who everybody else is on this podcast. If you don't, look us up and follow us on Instagram. Make sure to like and share these videos because we know you like them because we know you watch them. So the first question that we have is, do optometry jobs pay for relocation? What you got, guys? So relocation is a big thing because we all know that where we start that's not going to be where we end, right? So our, our journey, as far as mine, I would say that I never thought I would be practicing here in Florida. I, I said I was flexible. I said, hey, you know, if the, if the money makes sense, I'm pretty much willing to go anywhere you put me. So when I was graduating optometry school, I had groups come in, different organizations come in and say, hey, we have positions in Minnesota. We got positions in Wisconsin. Now, some of these places are very cold, right? And it's like, ah, I ain't trying to move nowhere cold. So that's where the flexibility comes in. Mm-hmm. Hey, I can, I can give you this much money to come work in these places, but, you know, it might not be the best conditions. You might be shoveling snow in the morning. You might be having to put a wet towel on your windshield in the morning just to keep all the ice off, right? Conditions may not be that great, but you'll make a good amount of money. That being said, after a while, you made so much money, you realize, like, hey, you know what? That drove me at first. But now that's not what's driving me to keep this thing going. So that's when you'll start to look for like, hey, where do I really want to be? What are the demographics? What's my, what we call it? I don't even know the word for it. What's my living? Like, how do I want to live the rest of my life outside of optometry? Because at first, all we kind of think about is like, hey, we got to pay these loans off. Hey, I'm in mm-hmm. so much debt. Hey, how can I get that down, right? Once mm-hmm. you reach that goal over time, you realize that, hey, this is a great profession. I will say one thing, the profession is not going anywhere. So anywhere you move, you know, no matter how much technology comes out, no matter how much, you know, artificial intelligence, hey, we can do remote eye exams. We still need a doctor to physically do a lot of the things, right? So I always think about technology and all these innovations to optometry as ways to make our job easier, as ways to save us time. So when we talk about relocating, there's going to be a job anywhere you want to go right mm-hmm. where you start is not where you're going to end so keep that in mind like hey go for the money first if that's what you got to do you know and then find yourself a way out most of the times unless you have worked up some kind of deal with the organization like hey you got a location here do you have a location there a lot of times they might not pay for you to relocate or they may pay if they really really need you there and you're moving to a place that they have nobody a Minnesota, a Wisconsin, someplace you probably don't want to be, but say, hey, can we move you from here, this comfortable environment, to there? We'll pay for you to move. We'll pay for travel. We'll pay for flights. We'll pay for U-Haul. They'll pay for a lot of things for you to go where you need to go, but it has to be somewhere that they need you, right? So just for a comfort move, I'm just moving to South Florida, Miami, somewhere that's great. Everybody wants to go to Miami. Everybody wants to go to Texas and different places like that. No, they're not about to pay you to move to those places because it's saturated. They have many docs there that they can just hire for little or nothing. In fact, if you move to those places, expect your salary to go down, right? It's going down, right? 
So that's where you get into a thing where like, right, hey, not, 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 not too much on Texas though. Not too much on Texas though. Not too much. <laughs> we, that, you we up for a downgrade, Sola. You up for so a what? downgrade. I ain't trying to downgrade nothing. <laughs> I'm all about the upgrade. Upgrade, right? <laughs> right. So think about a downgrade moving to Miami. You've been making such amount and now you're going to a nicer place that costs more to live and they're paying you less. You have to really want to go to these places, right? And you figure that out. Yeah, that was my situation. Let's just say for what it is, that was my situation. So I did get a sign-on bonus and a relocation bonus when I signed on with my particular company. So that was something that we negotiated and they were happy to do that. But once we relocated from uh, the, the border of Texas to, to Dallas, which is where we are now, uh, they, they were like, hold on, we ain't, no, 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 we ain't doing that. What, what, you, what you need that for? We ain't, hey, we don't need to do that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's correct. You know, some, some places and, and people will, uh, <clears throat> you know, view, uh, you know, what, what you do differently depending on the location that you're at. So, you know, they put stock in different locations. That's just the way that the nature of the business. So, uh, you know, it is what it is, but, you know, relocating is part of the process, like he said. You know, you uh, you you know, you may not stay in wherever you are forever, and that is that's mm-hmm. just the truth. You know, you may not stay in that city, you may not stay in that even that particular job, you know, forever. So, you know, relocating is part of the process, and when you do, you do want to try your best uh, to ask for some kind of money from for whoever you're working for to help you relocate, because that process is not the easiest. You know, you do need a little bit of help. You know, so the biggest thing is ask for it. If you don't ask for it, they are not always going to bring it up as an option. They may not do relocation bonuses, but they just do a general overall sign-on bonus. So definitely ask for it if that's something that you want or are curious if that company will provide it for you. Um, so Dr. Jake, if you can talk more about tips on moving to a saturated market, any tips you can give people when they're moving from a smaller market to a saturated market, or any tips on how to find a job if you're moving to a really popular area? Who, me? Yeah, you. I mean, I don't really got tips for real, for real, um, because it comes with the territory. So when you're thinking about relocating to a bigger market or a more saturated market or a bigger city, really, you're, you're, you're thinking all about the quality of your life. That's the only mm-hmm. thing that's really on the forefront of your life, of, of forefront of your mind. You're not thinking about the financial anymore because that has to come later, right? Because mm-hmm. right now you need to live good right now. So you know, for us, we moved to the bigger city because I, I, the demand for me to be here was was very high, right? When COVID hit, um, nobody wanted to come watch our son no, no more. You know, nobody wanted to come to the house. Daycares were closed. And I still got a newborn. I got an infant. And we still essential. You dig what I'm saying? We mm-hmm. essential. So I got to, um, I, I, somebody got to watch this kid because we got to go to work. So, uh you know, we were flying in people in and out just to watch our son. And that wasn't, that wasn't going to be feasible. That wasn't going to be conducive to what we needed. So uh, we had to transfer and relocate to the big city where my parents were uh, so that we can have that help. So that was the demand for me. So for me, that quality of life, knowing that he was in good hands with my mom uh, here um, and that we could have family support around us whenever we needed to make moves uh, was everything. Now, the, now that we have that uh, situation, situated right now the financial aspect of it now has to get kind of built from the ground up in this particular setting so really just as a matter of you know what you're trying to get out of it you know what you're looking for um and you know 
because we know in this profession, the, if you're in rural areas, you're gonna make a lot more money. So if you're thinking about finances, then you have to think more rural. Um, if you come to the big city, you, it comes with the territory. You're just gonna be, <laughs> it's just not as competitive. So it is what it is. Um, yeah. But that's, man, that's really, mm -hmm. what, really all I got for you. Yeah, biggest thing, I mean, just do your research because, you know, I think I kind of got lucky in my situation of still being in a bigger city. Um, mm -hmm. Charlotte is kind of a growing city, but yeah, also look. it's not as saturated when it comes to our field. So the demand for us is really big here. So salary can kind of, you know, vary, but more on the upper end in states like North Carolina. So that's one thing, you know, when you're looking at where you want to relocate, Yes, you know, there are going to be certain things that you may not have big control over, but also look at the benefits which comes into being in certain cities or what mm -hmm. your likes and dislikes are. And, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes it is, it just comes down to your quality of life and what you, you really want. Yeah, that would say be flexible. Working in Atlanta, Atlanta is a very saturated market. So most people don't get an opportunity to work in one office or have one job. They work in multiple different offices. You may not go to work in their preferred location you have to be willing to drive maybe an hour to work in one direction to one office and an hour the other direction to another office if you really want to work in a popular city but it really comes down to what's important to you whether it's you living in the heart of the city if that's what's most important to you if you making more money is what's important to you you have to really just be flexible when it comes to that and then another question we got from our audience was what are your thoughts on mobile optometry and is that something that you guys would do or are even interested in so mobile optometry is not a bad idea. I actually looked into it for about three years now. I had looked into it. I even looked up other uh, optometrists who do mobile optometry. So there's a big company in Atlanta, and they have branched out to where they have a location in Chicago, Atlanta, and then one other in another state. So they took in that model and replicated it, and they're consistently growing. So I was like, hey, let me get that going in Florida before they get down here. I can already have it going, right? So it's lucrative if you have it. So what they did, they got a, a uh, Greyhound bus. Flipped it, converted the inside exam lanes. It's long, so it's walkable. Oh, that's really cool. Outside is wrapped with what their optometry is all about, right? And so they go to probably the, the schools, the nursing homes, the facilities, and that's how right. they do their day-to-day, -day, right? But it's functional. They have their staff come on site, set up, they get it done, and they move on to the next location. It is convenient for a lot of people who, they might not be able to go to an office at a certain time. But if you set up a site right down the road and I'm on my lunch break, maybe I can run there and grab an exam real quick, right? So they made this model very lucrative for them. Like if you work for big companies like Harris, Northbrook, whatever big company you can think about, and they contract with this mobile company, now they can set up on site of this big organization and on their lunch break, they can see patients all day. And these big companies have thousands and thousands of employees that need eye exams and hey we also take your insurance with this mobile optometry and we can drive to you so it's not a bad idea if you're flexible and you're willing to do something like that it's probably going to cost you about the same as it's going to cost you to actually have a standalone building getting a greyhound bus and getting it updated and remodeled plus gas going back and forth so you got to take your pros and cons with it but it's definitely a market that optometrists don't explore as much right it's not traditional, but it, it works. But when you think of it, I mean, just even in today's world, I mean, the whole COVID thing going on still, you know, if you really think about how that could impact your communities, because a lot of people are still really scared to even go to the office. So 
you know the fact that you can mm -hmm. transport yourself and go to into their homes it would make them a little bit more comfortable so i think it is a good idea have i did my research into it i haven't but i do think it's a really good idea especially in today's times yeah it's definitely pretty cool i didn't even know about the whole greyhound bus concept that cortez just explained and that's actually really cool prior to hearing that i've probably oh, been like mm, nope not for I me. just wanted to replicate what they had but, done. They, yeah. they, and they've expanded to different states under the same name. <laughs> They're going like that. No different than America's best, but more. Right? That's cool. So it's not That's bad. Really That's really cool. Yeah. That's cool. And man. another question that we got was, were there any defining moments or patients that made you happy that you chose optometry as a career? Uh, yeah, I'll start, man. Uh, I had a patient that I uh, basically saved her life. She uh, came and saw me probably last year, 28 year old girl, she had papilledema. Uh, she, she ended up getting a stent placed in and uh, she, she is perfectly normal now. I just saw her last week. And it's cool because she, uh, she came back in and was like, hey, uh, I wanna work here now. You know, like, you know, you, you helped me uh, uh, like save me, like save my eyes, saved it. Now I want to, you know, you guys hiring. I heard you guys are hiring. I was like, I want to come and work, you know, for you, you know, for you guys. And I was like, hey, that's pretty dope, man. Go ahead and put your application in, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, but, uh, but I thought it was pretty cool, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like, you know, you make such an impact in somebody's life that they come back and uh, actually want to uh, put that same work in. So, uh, yeah, I mean, those, those moments happen, you know, very, very seldomly, but when they do happen, uh, they mean a whole lot, so. Yeah, I had one lady, so she worked at the bank and she actually tell her at the bank and her contacts, whoever was doing her contacts completely just messed her up. She was getting, reading people's credit cards incorrectly, messing up people's checks. Like she was about to lose her job because her reports were all off, um, redid her contacts and she was, so thrilled. This is the first time she could ever actually see credit cards, driver's license, nam names, actually see roadside when she was driving. She went to work for that week and she was like, I didn't mess up anything. Came back for her contact lens follow up. She was like, You saved my job. Like they were about to fire me. So it's in the small moments and the small things where you just think, oh, I'm just doing my job, giving someone a contact lens prescription. Those small moments really do change lives. And I feel like sometimes I lose sight of that until patients come back in and tell me how much of an impact I really made on their lives. So that has been really rewarding. Let me ask you something real quick, Hassan. Yeah. Can you tell me more about that case? What what, what contact lens was, was that patient wearing? She was just wearing, um, she was in monovision. So I had one eye in a torque contact lens, a soft torque contact lens, and the other one in a spherical lens. But she had a really, really high prescription. She was like a minus... 10-ish and both eyes and she was presbyo. So presbyo just means that she's a different prescription for distance than for reading. So when you see older people wearing reading glasses, that's all that means. But her vision was still just kind of really off balance. She was in full distance and then she had tried monovision with somebody else. She had tried some other contact lens modalities, but everything was still just, just not clear. And she just refused to wear glasses of any sort. Um, she didn't want to be caught dead in glasses, reading glasses or whatever. Um, so she just wasn't going to wear them. And she was honest, like, I'm not wearing them. So what can you, what can you do to help me? And I'm mm -hmm. like, I want to see if this works. And it did. It made a huge, huge impact on her life. So, yeah. 
those patients are fun, right? Those ones that are like, I, I don't care. I'm not wearing. You're not gonna catch me dead. <laughs> yeah. Been, yeah. So so, so 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 and and not only that. And not only that, every other doctor didn't get it right. So here you go. You fit, you know, you saved yeah. the day now. It's like, oh, right. my goodness. And I'm right. only coming to you from now on. Right. Like, now, right. like that. You the only, you're the only doctor that gets it right. I'm I, I don't, you still here. If I'm I'm gonna travel with you wherever you at. So yeah. That makes you always feel good too. And it's like you were the one that got yeah. me to where I needed to be. But I know oh, we yeah. all have like those kid moments of, yeah. you know, um, you know, their first pair of glasses. But mm-hmm. I do remember it was this one, he was probably like six or so. And he was real timid and shy coming in, like didn't speak a word. And by the time we got through the whole exam and I put the little trial frame on him and literally his, he just like, this smile just literally like, it just like started to grow. <laughs> yeah. And he was just like, oh. Oh, and then literally yeah. I saw him the next year. It was a whole new boy. This boy, I'm like, who are you? Like, he was literally like so animated and everything because yeah. he can see now. But when I first met him, he was just the shyest thing you could think of. So I was like, mm-hmm. even just that, you know, moment, how mm-hmm. glasses can affect you just being a kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll say all those moments are great. There is a, there is a drawback to, to being found that oh you're the best doc ever i'll always come back to you there's that feeling of i gotta be perfect now next year mm-hmm. when you come i gotta get it right or right. everything you say i gotta be like okay let me handle that for you real quick because you've already it's gotta be perfect when that's sometimes yeah. it's not gonna always be that way so you're worried yeah. about now letting that patient or anybody that they refer to come to you yeah right Oh, such and such told me you're the awesome doc. You're good with you're kids. You're the best doctor in the world. Like, you're so good with kids. Can you do what you did for that person for my kid? And, and yeah, and it's tough when, like, you got to replicate what you yeah. already do fine, but it's like, now yeah. you got to live up to the hype now. Yeah. You know, so this is a, a little off, but have y'all ever had the patient trying to sugarcoat you when they trying to get that DMV form filled out? No, good and well, they ain't supposed to, supposed to pay. <laughs> Thankfully, no. Thankfully, I haven't had anybody. They be like, oh, my God, you've always been so good. Like, no, you know why you trying to sugarcoat, right. make me feel good. I know what you up to. <laughs> <laughs> I've had to take, I've had to no, take a few because I, I will say I've had to put some restrictions and take a few oh, lights. But we have a conversation. And they understand that they don't need to be on the road. <laughs> they are dangerous to the community. Like, I'm sorry. I'm a restriction king. I, I, I'm restricted <laughs> real quick. Yeah. I'm restricted real quick now, you know? Yeah. Well, I'll, say that's, that's, I'll say as far as, like, just being us young Black doctors, I'm sure we've said it in past episodes, but to gear it back again, um, you know, just having those people come and tell you, oh, my God, I'm so proud of you. You yes. know, seeing seeing a Every black day. doctor. I've never seen a black female doctor anything like those moments are priceless. And the fact that we're able to show a different, you know, look of what a doctor is supposed to look like kind of goes back to why we even started this in the first place. Yeah. Uh, that's a good point. And that's why that's another gratification I get from going to the schools. I did school screenings today at Bethany Christian, right? Last week I was at West Melbourne Christian Academy, right? So when I go to these schools, you know, 
it's cool to see like, oh, yeah, you can be this too. Yeah, you can do this too. What's up? You know, they, and I have to look like the cool doc. I got on the Yeezys, whatever, 350s. I almost wear the dopest shoes. I got the shades on. So I'm looking like, oh, I want to be like him. He's cool. Oh, well, you get those shoes. Can I get those shoes off for you? So kids joke around all day with me, pull right? Up, pull up in the you see like, hey, you, you're a doc. Oh, I can be like that too, right? And so mm -hmm. that kind of puts me out there in the community. So I like that. Definitely beneficial. Do you guys have any other questions? I think I think that's it. We're gonna answer all the questions from the audience. Any last tidbits, tips, tricks, anything else you want the people to know? Hey, look, hey, no motivation. We ain't got no motivation from you today. We gotta end it out, right? Who? What, what you These? what you gotta tell our audience? What we gonna leave them with that for the well, last? Look, well, well, look, well, look. I'm, I'm gonna put it like this. I'm, I'm gonna leave you out with this. First one. Thanks for rocking with us this season. Yeah. This was a very good season. I think we we uh brought some very good quality um guests on the podcast to, to add great uh content and value. Um so we hope that you guys did that. Stay tuned for for uh season three. Don't think this is over. We we still coming strong, we still got heat for you guys. And we love doing this because like like we said, man, like a lot of this is for us. Um it's rewarding for us to put ourselves in this position, put ourselves kind of out there. Uh, for you all, for everybody, for whoever's listening, who may, um, who may want to be in our position or who's already in our position and who's learning things as we learn things too. Um, I recently got uh, someone who reached out to me, um, one of my friends, and and she said, "Hey, I, you know, just love what you're doing, and uh, you know, I, I think that you know, uh, I have a, a one of my nieces or whatever. I, you know, I want to refer her to you to." you know, um, learn a lot more about optometry because I'm seeing what you're doing. And, and I get other friends who hit me up and say, hey, uh, this other girl, she's trying to get into optometry school. Can you answer her questions? And then I get another guy who says, hey, man, I got into optometry school uh, at this particular school, man. Thanks for all your help. Um, and then I get, <clears throat> you know, other people hit me. And, and the point is, is that like, we're getting all this, this feedback, positive feedback from people um, that are, um, really benefiting from kind of what we're doing here. And the point is that like, we're putting ourselves out here for, to be a resource to you guys. So man, always know that we're here for you. Always know that we want the best for, for, for everybody. And uh, just know that we guys got your back, you know, and anything that we can do to help you guys, we will be there. So, you know, with that, always pursue greatness, you know, be, be fully black 100% and show your greatness, your blackness everywhere you go, you yeah. know what I'm saying? And uh, let them know, you know who we are. And uh, you know what I'm saying? That's it. Yeah. And just thank you, guys. Thank you for supporting us through season one, season two. Without an audience, we have no podcast. Thank you for watching the videos, liking, putting your comments, really interacting with us. We really appreciate talking to you guys and hearing your feedback, what you've liked in our episodes and what you want to hear more of. So we can't wait to see you guys in season three. Stay right. tuned. Thank you so much. We love you all. Good night. Peace. Peace. All right. That's it.